0: Welcome to the Loyal Locals podcast. My name is Jerry Jimenez. So glad to be back. Thank you guys for joining us. Hey, talking about joining. I'm joined by my compadres Esteban Brockhoff. So Esteban?
1: Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Here on this wonderful Wednesday night. Uh, excited for, for what's to come here.
0: Oh man, I should have dang it i should have pulled that it's a, what day is it guys it's okay <laughs> happy wednesday everybody If you're listening on a thursday friday saturday sunday monday or tuesday also happy all those days uh i'm not i was gonna try to say drew in spanish right now and it just did not i don't know nothing came out just drew stack what's up man <laughs> Dude.
2: yeah i went by diego which is my dad's name um Spanish class, <coughs> but then when you choose like a Spanish name or whatever, you don't have to necessarily choose your like Spanish version of your name. Uh, the, yeah, Diego Este. I, I think there is, I have honestly forgotten what Spanish version of my name <laughs> is for sure. But I was trying to pour some flama blanca there and it got on my shorts. But luckily they're red, is, uh, which is my least favorite color. So.
0: so it's not flama blanca, it's flama roja. Is what you're saying? Yeah. No, yeah, are, are you drinking the flama blanca from wet red Rebunk? The red?
2: Yeah. What? Well, my, it's wet red shorts
0: oh gotcha gotcha flama blanca okay because they have okay so three punks shout out to three punks sponsoring this podcast they don't even know it uh i'll send them the bill later (laughs) steve's gonna get a surprise in the mail uh no but uh flama they have a flama blanca which of course is uh you know a lighter beer uh in color and then they have the flama roja which is the red uh and it's two fantastic beers but i mean we're already talking about beer so we'll just jump into it uh what are you having, Steve? I'm having Booze Brothers Canned Heat,
1: their new West Coast IPA. It's phenomenal. What? Super good. One of my favorite beers I've ever had from them. Nice. And I love their beer, so super good.
0: Well, I'm going to share what I'm drinking in just a little bit because we're going to introduce our guest before I, I, I share that. Today, we are joined by somebody that you guys will, pro- will have probably have heard from or have had some sort of connection with. You may not just, you may just not know that you did. Uh, this man has, uh, I know that his title is technically director of marketing or marketing director for San Diego Loyal. Uh, actually, Jesse Beltran, welcome, man. You tell me, what is it, director of marketing or marketing
3: director? Dude, I to be honest, I had a dilemma every time I had to type it out. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like is it, director of marketing is a little formal and then informal is more like marketing directors. So I guess I just switch it up, to be honest. so okay. In this case... Being low-key, let's go marketing direct. I'll take that. <laughs> awesome. Well, Jesse, welcome to the show, man. We
0: uh, have been trying Thank to get more and more people, obviously, from uh, from Loyal to join us to chat and just kind of give your background, right? Because this is the cool thing about uh, having this club is we're in it together, whether you're in the front office or whether you're in the stands screaming and losing your voice with us. Uh, we're, we all have a, a, a part to play in this, this whole thing, this craziness that is... Uh, San Diego mm-hmm. Loyal and the, and the locals. So, welcome, man. Uh, I'm you, going man. to be having the Thundera Hazy IPA from Modern Times Beer. And I wanted to give a shout-out to the one and or- only Jordan Carruth, who actually hooked it up with this beer. And I was uh, helping him out with some plumbing stuff. Uh, and so, he hooked it up, and I'm going to be having that. Now, that being said, and the reason why I wanted to introduce you here <laughs> is because... This is the first time that we have you on. You've, you're you the reason that we've been able to do a lot of these podcasts. Again, as the uh, as a director of marketing, uh, you obviously have to deal with us a lot. And so uh, part of that is getting us people to come on the show. And we wanted to thank you for that. So we, I went on a, a hunt today. I got you some beers. We all picked uh, a beer from a brewery. And you uh, did, so you That's have a, safe. you have a selection of beers with you. I see that. There's nice. Right here.
3: Let yes. me see how many I can. Yeah, I got it here. I got the same oh, one. Look Thanks, at Jordan. The, as well.
0: Yes. So you asked before we started recording what, I guess we get to pick what you drink. So guess what? I'm going to start yeah. drinking this one so you can join me uh, right with here. the Dundera. Yeah. All right. And <laughs> as we go along, as soon as I see that you're running out or it sounds like you're running we'll out, we're going to go to the next one. We're gonna go to the next one. And, and so on Pardon? and so forth <laughs> stephen drew I, I feel like i feel like they're um they're, you guys need to just start drinking right now because all right i can do that deal <laughs> cheers. cheers everybody cheers Cheers. i'm actually gonna pour but, mine into oh my but goodness.
1: Yeah, i mean jesse it's great to have you on especially like you know you're kind of the guy behind all the emails all the marketing all the all the you know initiatives all the tweets all the instagram and i know you got a team but you know it's really cool to kind of get to talk to you a little bit and i'm sure all of our listeners you know obviously everybody interacts with you the social media you guys do um so welcome and super excited for this conversation
3: no oh, thank you guys likewise so likewise, i i kind of want
0: to get started to know you from like the beginning beginning right and usually when we start and and we have uh somebody join us i like to ask what is like your like your first memory of being connected to the sport of soccer Uh, i know that you come from uh, other sports and you come from uh you know a a background that's a little different from where you're at now but soccer specifically what's like the earliest memory that you have
3: oh growing up obviously families like from sinaloa mexico so it's very baseball oriented so it's not a lot of soccer Mm. in my family But obviously everyone, the majority of my family, to be honest, is a Chivas fan. So I remember seeing that a lot. I never got into it, to be honest with you, on that realm. I got more into the international side of things. So my family all, for the most part, rooted for Mexico. So me being a contrarian on occasion, I decided to go for the U.S., which I'm also very proud of. Uh, So those rivalries, Mexico-U.S., I just jumped on that. And obviously that was my first memories when I was younger. And just see my family get mad about the bets they would make on Mexico's national team and lose them quite frequently so those are things i remember for the most part but the passion nonetheless is the first thing that you experience right off the bat
1: so before we go away from that how then how rad is it that you're <laughs> working with landed donovan and what does your f- kind of family think about that
3: like how, you guys uh, talk about that? How does that work yeah everybody thinks it's pretty cool obviously i yeah. honestly like it took me a while to kind of realize like yo, know this is actually dan Landon donovan, right? <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> i'm in the same room with him because to be honest like that's the that's the guy i would like cheer for even more so obviously so um yeah i actually told him a funny story so i have a jersey with him for the world cup um, What was it 2014 where i think yeah it was 2014 years ago by fast where obviously well, he didn't get called up to be on the team right and i got a jersey got it with his name on the back and the guy at the store was like hey you know he's not going i'm like yeah but he should be going so i'll make one with him because that's one on am rock this year so i would wear it often i told lennon one day at the office like in the first couple of weeks i'm like hey i can't wear this jersey anymore." No He's like, why? I'm like, because it'd be kind of weird, dude. Like two, a grown ass man walking around the office with your name on his back. Like, this is kind of weird. He's like, you're right. It is kind of weird. Also kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I told him I'm not wearing it. And my wife's like, why can't you do that? I'm like, don't worry. You won't understand. That's that white, that, that white US
1: kit. Is. I have a Landon Donovan, number 10, white US kit too. Um, yeah. That's the kit they wore in the 2014 World Cup. And that's his jersey that he signed the very first time I met him. Back and like 2015, 20 when he first like started showing up yeah, in the standing yeah. soccer scene. Um, what if I? And had I just I have that the, the That's such a screen funny screen. story.
2: Yeah, you got to get the signature. Then you're never gonna see yeah. it again, Steve. So, I know. No, I. You got it.
1: <laughs> it's like funny to laugh about it now. How nervous I was, and like you, oh, you know, yeah. and now it's like, what oh, oh you know, it's just landing. I walked yeah. up
2: the steps of the midway like at the same time as him, and like it was just really weird because I like met eyes <laughs> with him, and he was like, oh, and then like we walked up. There opposing steps and so then i said hi to him at some point that day and then another time i met him in a bathroom at city hall that was like the first time we actually met but it's like really weird when you're just like because he's such a warm endearing person that you really do have to kind of come to the realization almost like a week later like oh wow i'm that's the same person who i watched score uh, you know those amazing goals and and do what he did steve what
0: episode what episode did we have him on was it 20 or 19 19 Uh, i think it was no 18 or 19 i don't remember
2: 18, because so, 19 was with Warren. Yeah, make sure you guys go back
0: and, uh, and listen to that. is uh, listening to this podcast, go and check that out if you haven't already. Um, and uh, you get to hear some some cool stories from the man himself. However, yes. today it's about Jesse, guys. Come on, let's bring it back. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, no, so good stories,
3: honestly. is pretty cool. I think, to your point, the first thing people will bring up every time they realize, like, I'm working for the club that obviously Landon manages is, oh, how is he? Because I think everybody just has this different like idea you know i mean based on what they've heard of what they've seen over his playing career and all of that so and then when i tell them like honestly he's just down to earth super cool dude like a genuinely cool dude yeah They're like oh that's cool and i think they just expect more like maybe they want him to be not cool like not humble i don't know but right at the end of the day it does it does kind of throw them off to an extent like oh yeah that's underwhelming then, I guess, <laughs> the way they make this it. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's going to be the last question uh, before we move on uh, about Landon Donovan or Landon Donovan related. Um, are you guys planning on putting in a water fountain anywhere uh, near the shop? Okay, we'll move on.
3: I'm not answering that. And at the same time, no one. <laughs> so, so we're going to put and one he in he the supporter section. Shoulder whenever he
2: walks up to one now, he just looks just to make sure. <laughs> yeah. he's
0: gonna listen to this just be like I shake my fist at you Jerry <laughs> yeah. just a little bit you know uh, more actually, um, colorful words Probably loves
2: Red Bull Arena has no drinking fountains by the way I found this out once so mm. that's probably his favorite stadium there's no uh, stadium. <laughs> what
0: the things you know Drew it's the not, things you it, know
1: jeez. Oh, oh my god The, the ra-
0: ra- ra- dude we need to have a little jingle too random Drew facts <laughs> <laughs> we should make yeah. one <laughs> so oh, yeah, I used to
2: call them Darts. Drew's random thoughts. There you go.
0: Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Drew's random, random thoughts. Oh, all righty, all righty, all righty. I was gonna say, uh Jesse. So to bring it back. <laughs> oh man, I have a feeling we're gonna go off the rails today. That's okay. <laughs> it's, it's so, one of those. so we're talking. It's funny it's because fun. every like as you're talking about you know you growing up and seeing chivas everywhere, I'm like, hey, cool. And then you said you didn't get into it. And I was like, oh. But then you said you right. <laughs> rooted for Mexico, or your family rooted for Mexico. And I'm like, yeah. And then I rooted for the U.S. I was like, yeah, that's exactly yeah. me too, just to be a contrarian. So we grew up in very uh, similar backgrounds. But uh, I was in Imperial Valley at the time. You are from where, sir?
3: Fresno. So I'm born and raised Fresno. First time I actually leave, leave the 559 as we, we know it. Um, it is to come here, so. It's definitely been an experience and it's definitely been worth it. So I was super excited about the opportunity. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Fresno born and raised, just like Elijah, something if people had talked down on Fresno. Beware of Elijah. He does not like it for sure. He'll let you know. <laughs> really? <laughs> kind of what we're talking about before and we respect. started. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we were talking a little bit before we, we started hitting record and you mentioned, um, some former, uh, pre soccer work experience in the broadcast booth. Can you expand on that a little bit? That's really interesting. And I found that, um, definitely, you know, please tell that story.
3: Yeah. So actually talking about soccer, like so I was a very casual fan when it came to soccer. And then I started working at ESPN Deportes, um, Spanish broadcast, radio broadcast. And obviously programming in Spanish radio is literally 80 to maybe 90% soccer. So that's when I really started understanding like the landscape of like how opposite it is to American sports structure. So I realized like, oh, that's why they play like so much because there's so many different cups and tournaments and things of that nature. So that's when I really got more into it and more involved and more understanding of it. Um, So that helped me as far as like the programming side of things, but also did broadcast for Fresno State football and basketball for over 10 years, almost 12 years. Um, So I had a couple of experiences coming down here um, at Qualcomm, SDCCU, SDCCU. Sorry, Alex struggled when I did that too, uh, for football games there. So... I was actually when I came down, I was like, "This city is really cool." Like, if there's ever an opportunity, this is a place that I would love to live. So, it's obviously worked out that way. So, I'm really happy about that. But yeah, I got to broadcast. um, Really helped me learn my Spanish more because I wasn't so good at Spanish going into it. I just happened to know the sport uh, when it came to football, and that's how I got my opportunity. And then I just started doing some some Spanish lessons. Um on our on Orthodox versions of Spanish lessons, I would listen to Spanish music. <laughs> and that would help me like really learn slang and enunciate words better. So yeah, it was a fun time. Fun time broadcasting for sure.
2: Yeah, especially like catchphrases and probably like fun things to throw out kind of in games that would be <laughs> yeah probably more interesting. Sure. I've never listened I was telling you, I've never listened. I've listened to a lot of Spanish broadcasts and I pick up, you know, words and my yeah. I know Spanglish pretty well, but it's like the the energy is always different almost you know whatever yeah. sport it is it's just a different energy than whatever the english call is that i always enjoy but um i've never listened to a spanish bas- spanish broadcast basketball game so i have to do that at some point but what is, what does that like sound like in terms of um kind of the back and forth is it called kind of like a uh, a soccer game where with the passing or is it more um kind of getting into a flow where it's uh just kind of given the the general call where You'd say like, hey, it's outside the arc, you know, kind of coming from yeah. this person. Is that kind of yeah. where we
3: go? Or? So I learned a lot. My mentor in that was um, this guy named Erwin Higueros, who is the Spanish broadcast play play guy with the Giants. <laughs> so he went through he actually was a play play initially for Fresno State football. I was his color commentary guy and he taught me pretty much the ropes. <clears throat> and it, it also helped that he was winning World Series. I didn't personally like it because I like the Braves and some of those wore through that way. Um, yeah. But it, he taught me a lot, so it was really cool, but he also told me like to make sure to keep that distinction between what people associate soccer broadcast to other sports, because in Spanish broadcast, a lot of people just try to take everything the same, so. And when you're listening to radio, you want that distinction to know it's a different sport, not necessarily soccer. So he always told me just to go with the pace of the game, don't try to mix in the soccer broadcast culture into the American sport, if it's yeah. basketball, baseball, or football. Um, so. Yeah, to, your, to answer your question, pretty much it has a flair of that soccer excitement vibe to it, but um, it's still on that general English side of broadcasting style just a little bit yeah, more. Uh, you know, it, I think of the Simpsons concept, like when you see the yeah. Andres contour stuff. Obviously, yeah. to that extent, you want to compare it that way with American sports, I guess.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I just yeah, the Latin American broadcasters usually see standing uh, more yeah. often uh, than yeah. than American broadcasters. You see it on on TV more here with the bigger games, but usually yeah. most American broadcasters are sitting down to call most games. Um, yeah. You know, even for for most like NBA teams, whereas yeah, you got that energy, you got that kind of you want to kind of build that kind of uh, yeah. standing energy, which is pretty cool, but kind of call it in a way that is unique to that sport as opposed to. Trying to translate something that's almost cartoonish yeah. a little bit at times.
0: Hey Jesse, is the for B for sure. Braves? That B behind you?
3: Yeah, it is. All yeah. right, there you go. Mentioned? The,
0: or you mentioned the Simpsons? Is it for Bart?
3: For Bart, there it is, man, Bart. for sure. There's uh, um, sure a cool story to that, right? It's just my last name, so simple as that. I'm just
0: giving you a hard, I'm i I'm literally just giving you a hard time. <laughs> uh, for those of you that are are listening and not watching, this will eventually be on YouTube, so you'll you know what I'm talking about. All right. Um, Hey, also wanted to mention real quick. I didn't know this was 6.7 and it is strong.
3: Okay. I'm feeling it already, huh?
0: (laughs) No, not really, but I'm just pointing that out. Um, I was going to mention, so obviously that was, um, you know, before you joined Fresno, was there something in between uh, you joining Fresno FC?
3: Um, So actually, um, so while I was working at the station, at the same time I was doing part-time work with the Fresno Grizzlies, the AAA team um, in Fresno um so i was doing that working more game production throughout the summer throughout the season and then they also had the pdl team fresno fuego so that's when i got involved with soccer a little bit more mm. um after being at the uh, in radio for a while i was like you know what, i need to focus into my sports career um took some chances here and there and i landed the opportunity obviously with fresno fc when they came about so the timing kind of worked out um and then i shifted away from baseball and just focused on fresno fc which was a really honestly, it was a good thing for me. I appreciated it so much, like just the fact the experience that I got to have and to really see the passion. PDL is really cool, it's a good way to like learn. Um, and the passion comes from there as well, but then you see that different level and the different scale when you get up in a higher rank of level. So it was actually so Fresno Grizzlies, to answer your question, for maybe seven seasons and then four to five Fresno Fuego seasons, um, before Fresno FC came about. And then that's when my full attention went straight to soccer. So it's actually been a good little transition that I'm enjoying really much. And to be honest, like I have more summer freedom now <laughs> when I was working triple A baseball, you're working 14, 15 days in a row. And fourth yeah. of July is not a, a date for you to do anything. Cause you're just at the ballpark every year. <laughs> hey, is there any connection
0: between uh Fuego FC and, and the Fresno Fuego?
3: Uh, so it's pretty much, I know ownership from what I know, <laughs> uh, Ownership. I think there's some similarities in people that are helping with like the background and the, the front office. Um, but as far as I know, not too much, not like the exact same team. Okay. But there is. Yeah.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. So,
1: know,
3: foundation. Yeah.
1: So, so now we know born and raised Fresno, your background, you know, very proud of being from Fresno. Uh, so help us bridge the gap. How'd you get in, into the contact with San Diego loyal? How'd you get, you know, get into San Diego? How'd you find yourself in the role you're in now? Um, bridge the gap to kind of the start of last season and then i think we'll touch on the difficulties of last season from there
3: yeah so i think everything's always about timing like i said when i left radio at the same time fresno FC came about a couple of months later um similar story here to an extent where fresno fc obviously you, you've heard the stories of everything that happened mm-hmm. down there and um when we started getting whiff of it obviously i was just like okay well we'll see what happens next i honestly i wasn't even thinking of another job i was just like let's finish this season there's too much going on that i don't have if I start stressing on that, I'm not going to be able to do this job effective. Um, I was like, I'll figure it out. And there's honestly thought in my mind, like, hey, I have two kids. Like, I don't know if I want to be doing the sports hustle anymore, like bouncing back and forth and all these things. Um, so I was looking at other job opportunities as well. And then um, actually Ryan, who works at the club, he actually reached out to me. He's like, hey, I think there's someone that you should talk to. Like, they're looking for some people. And I know, obviously, Fresno FC, what's going on there? You have some good experience. Maybe there's something that can work out. So he connected me. And pretty much the last day I helped, this funny story too, I helped them move stuff to Monterey, like all the office stuff. Really? Yeah. And then the week after that, I was here, like, I think I was here doing an interview or the week of I was in an interview, but like two weeks later, I had no break. I was planning to take like the rest of the winter off, to be honest, the rest of the year. Um, but then they offered me the job, They're like, hey, obviously we, we would like you to come sooner than later. And knowing obviously a startup, I'm like, yeah, I think it would be there like yesterday. <laughs> so... Pretty quick, it just happened so fast. And I was next thing you know, I was working here in San Diego and living. And for the first couple of months I was going back and forth because my wife and kids were there. So every weekend yeah. I was traveling. Um, and then I was coming back here um, um, before fully moving in like the beginning of the year. Cool.
2: Wow. How long how long were you commuting where you where your family was back there and before they came down?
3: So I only actually did it from like mid November when I got hired to pretty much the year and then yeah. January I just said I already had my apartment stuff towards the end, but I settled in and I said just like it's the season now like I need to just stay here I can't be going back and forth every weekend um yeah so yeah
2: well yeah my dad did that for a bit for a job and it's yeah it's interesting because you really do kind of commit into the 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 culture a little bit and it, and it yeah. is kind of a almost uh when we when he moved and started a new company actually and so it is kind of that like almost baptism and like the culture of yeah you know, what's going on so what what was one of the earliest takeaways in terms of like the differences in culture? Um, And you and I have talked about this a little bit between there and here um, in terms of, you know, just kind of seeing what this club was doing and kind of how, how instantly maybe it felt differently than other organizations you've worked with, I guess.
3: Yeah. So for me, obviously going through any experience, you're going to learn and take stuff away, just like you can say on any case, Um, obviously coming from that situation in Fresno and seeing how everything that worked out and things that didn't work out and reasons why, like, uh, you take things you take all these little points and understand why so going into another startup situation those are things that i wanted to make sure like things that were red flags before i want to make sure like if those things are answered so for me just coming in and knowing the culture and knowing obviously how the front office will say and what the mindset was um and the idea behind the team i really like that because in reality fresno as far as like the organization everyone that was part of it had a good sense of the community feel and that's the first thing i felt here Obviously, just. I think the week after I interviewed or before I interviewed, that's when the um, crest was unveiled and the name and all of that. So that right off the bat was like, okay, there's definitely a, commit, a commitment to the community. That's for sure. Uh, so I definitely appreciated that, especially coming from a background where I focus more on community events and game production and being focused on how we can obviously assimilate our community. So to me, I think that's the first thing that caught my eye and just knowing how Diego obviously has been um, waiting for a team to ha- call their own. So I think that, that mutual feeling of like we need each other type of thing, I think is what really pumped me up and really got me on board. Like, hey, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, for us, having met you kind of from the beginning when you showed up, uh, we could tell right off the bat that, you know, you were you were going to do some big things within the club. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, and you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you didn't come into this club Quite right away with with the position that you have right now, is that right?
3: Uh, I did. Okay. Uh, but okay. With, over the course of the year, title-wise, yeah. But in terms of responsibilities, things have changed a little bit over the course. Cool. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, it's along the same lines. You can say.
0: I think that a lot of people within this club, as it is, like they may have a title, but you guys do kind of like everything. You know, yeah. when like you be startup. yeah, you know yeah. yeah. So you know, it's it's just really cool to see how everybody. Uh, you know helps each other out and stuff and, and So that's awesome So Ryan brought you in And it was my uh, Understanding that Ryan wasn't Going to really work for the club Full time but it seems like Almost and I don't know if he is right now but He's doing so much stuff that he might as well be freaking full-time right now right yeah.
3: um but yeah so ryan was consulting and that's why he recommended he's like hey you should come down here and stuff of that nature and oh, cool. knowing I'm that only here
2: another couple weeks that was like his line the first times we met him oh, i'm only here another couple weeks and then i'll be gone i'll go back to wisconsin and yeah eventually ended up yeah hanging out
0: and now was, he owns a mansion uh, in chula vista and... <laughs> yeah right <laughs> right, yeah. right by the way so we're all telling him we're like, like yeah sure. yeah you're telling him what
3: no, it's, we would all tell Ryan, we're like, yeah, sure, you'll be back, you'll be back, and then, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Now, like you said, you got to that mansion out there in Otay, <laughs> <laughs>
0: right by the lake. You know, <laughs> tacos el gordo next door. I <laughs> <That's- laughs> heard George Clooney's
3: moving in
2: uh, down the street. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, that's awesome.
0: Um So I kind of want to get into. Uh, what it is that you do exactly, and kind of what your day-to-day looks like. I know, obviously, with this pandemic, it's kind of weird. I know that a lot of people that are part of the club haven't really been in the office. So kind of now, right now where we're at, uh, take us through a day uh, in, in Jesse Beltran's life. Oh,
3: I'll go even pandemic. Like, you have kids running around, as you guys know. Just like, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> to do emails and calls and just doing this thing, like, <laughs> and then they don't know no concept. I mean, you're like talking, and they start talking to you. I'm like, no, like I'm on the phone. You can't talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, now, so for me, for the most part, it's just trying to make sure um, on our end that we're getting prepared for the season because a lot of the work in the season last year is obviously like something different. Like everything was changing. So it was always like a new season every day, It felt. But um, you want to prepare yourself in the off season. And that's one thing that's common across all sports. Um, it's preparing yourself and getting ready for when the season comes, you're kind of just hitting in a stride and going. Um, so for us, it's pretty much that, just focusing on some initiatives and platforms that we're looking to do that obviously are community-focused, community-centric, uh, making sure our social media, our engagement on digital with the help of Ryan, obviously, who leads the way on that stuff. It's just lining up to what our values are, what we want to do as a club, and um, then getting prepared for obviously what that game, in-game experience is um, to try to simulate what we did in that first match. I mean, that's all. all the optimal goal is to make March seventh happen. Um, every match <laughs> to have mm-hmm. people there, packed, and give everybody a good time. Like that's the optimal goal um, for us. And then, so just finding ways to fine tune that in every way, having conversations, obviously talking to you guys, talking to the rest of the community, feeling um, simple things um, that can prepare us to be successful. Because I think it all really starts with just being doing the simple things right, and then trying to grow off of that. Honestly, yeah
1: devil's in the details totally um and going back to that first game like you know you're obviously you you mentioned you were brought on board a couple months before that i'm sure it was drinking from the fire hose just like we were trying to prepare for that you know you kind of push 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 prepare 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 for like a full season of of that whole thing you know especially for like an experience that you know it's totally immersive like the the fan experience the supporter experience for soccer is like you know be there (laughs) join join the culture you know build a family um that's like what we all were trying to do right and then we had yeah. this first you know that first match that first glorious night and then uh boom you know pandemic so how, how, how did you kind of how did you pivot like how did that go internal how what were discussions like you know was it like oh my god we're doomed or was it more like let's go like you know pick up the pieces let's see what we can do like i'm just interested in how that works from like a an organizational sense um, because from us, I mean, we're just volunteers, right? And, and we we did what we could, but it's a different perspective from a, a club and an organization and a, and a business, right? So I'm really interested to hear your kind of in, in, inside take on, on how that went.
3: Yeah, to be honest, we were very optimistic of like what the season was gonna look like after that. <laughs> we never really took like, oh, the season's over. Like, let's just get mm-hmm. ready for season two. I mean, we never had that approach. We were hoping obviously to start sooner than later. And obviously our leadership, Warren, Andrew, Ricardo and everyone else, we just took the opportunity to like learn what it took to get to that first match, get to our second match away match, obviously. And then kind of just get that experience, learn, slow down a little bit in terms of like fixing details that we wanted to, and then hoping obviously to come back with fans in the stadium and seeing what that would be. Um, but it was just mostly preparing ourselves for what could be in any style return to play. And I think um, during that time, obviously we had a couple changes and that helped out in terms of getting our, footing down and you can say our foundation down to what we wanted to do when the season did start. Um, so then when July 11th came by, came around, we were ready for it. And it was really exciting. I think the team was ready for it and everyone was just eager to get back to doing some sense of normalcy of daily life in our case, obviously working. Um, so just being able to do that, I think was exciting and motivating to us. So it was fun to have, we had, I, I do remember we had a, a team, a club meeting, like when things were starting to shut down and we just talked about what our goals were during this time. And I just remember Andrew pretty much giving us a story of one of his buddies, letting him know, like, how important and how big of a moment it's going to be when we're all back in the stadium. Not just us as a club, but when we get everyone back in the stadium as far as our community. Um, So we experienced a little bit of that. I mean, getting back to the stadium ourselves, but obviously the optimal goal is to have everyone there with us. So that's the one thing that kept playing in my mind, to be honest. Like, let's just get there. Let's get through this so that we can have that March 7th, yeah, that March 7th moment again sometime here in the future because it's if that was special i think this is going to be tenfold you know what i mean like a hundred yeah. times more special just given what we experienced and what we've gone through and how, where we are now i think that's like what po- motivates me so i can only imagine like the guys landing his staff and our front office as a whole
0: yeah drew what are you doing are you messing around with the graphics man stop it <laughs> on Stop.
2: cool graphics Support local soccer. Hey, yeah. for what so we're for, gonna do when we're back in the. I'm stadium. just gonna keep
0: saying it and for those of you that are just yeah. listening. Check out our YouTube page. We're gonna have some pretty cool stuff up there. We're working on some things, and by we, I mean me, uh, no, and Drew <laughs> and Steve, uh, and you know, this is obviously going to be on the YouTube page as well, so make sure you go and check it out. And, and look at all the fun stuff that Drew is doing in the background while he's drinking. <laughs> Changing making, our graphics. Making fun stuff. <laughs> one, you get to
2: see lower thirds that, that are subtext to the show. It's like a, it's like Drew, a director's commentary to the on, show. Let, you can, dude, we, uh, get
0: some. You already know that dude, this this whole thing, we already figured it out, man. It's I ask a question, then Steve has a question, then you ask a question. Drew, it's your turn, man. Got messing with the graphics, turn, but I
2: like to change the graphics for my turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Next time I'll put this one up for Steve. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but
3: it's like a walkout yeah, no. song, right? <laughs> yeah, right?
2: Oh, we there. should, yeah, um, exactly. It's we should thing. ask all of our you are a baseball guy. Uh... Um, and that's kind of where your, I think, your sports passion it sounds like kind of really stoked a lot of your kind of early,
3: uh, for sure. Um,
2: uh, kind of engagement, just to different levels of fandom and, and kind of what that looks like in different places, right? Look, it looks yeah. like not just in the United States, but but elsewhere, which I think is really interesting. What, what would you say translated from that to baseball, uh, to, to the job you have now, at least in minor league baseball, I think there's a really strong sense of what that is and what that culture yeah. looks like. In minor league soccer in the United States, we're still sort of figuring it out, right? So what, what would you say is kind of like translated from that culture to this? My dad played a little minor league baseball, so I'm really familiar with like that culture has been around for 50, you know, 60, yeah. 70 years really strongly. It's one of those things where this culture is only like 5, 10 years old. So what are, the, what are the pieces, I guess, that you would say are kind of, and I know Warren's has a lot of threads too that he talks about. So what would you say personally are the things that you've seen at least from your time at Fresno as well as just kind of what you know from the baseball culture uh, that you're seeing kind of uh, come up here a little bit?
3: Are you, are you, do you mean more from like the work side of things or like the fan side of things
2: i think i think both i guess i guess from like your first from a passionate side so to answer it as a fan and then first yeah. and then kind of maybe the the second is operationally maybe things you've done or, or yeah. carried over that you think maybe work well that um people just don't don't see every day
3: yeah i think baseball for me passionate was just being around the sport when i was a kid playing it playing it for majority of my life you can say um yeah. and and then just seeing the fan base like their the sense of passion for baseball as you guys know obviously as baseball fans as well it's, it's a little mm-hmm. different i mean like the, the the things that drive you as a baseball fan are completely different i don't know how to explain it exactly but it just does um like to me just watching the braves on tbs with my grandpa when i was i don't know a well, newborn to now it's why i'm so pumped up about them and i was like why do you like the braves you live in fresno i'm like don't worry like Long story, TBS. That's all I have to say. um so <laughs> availability—it's
2: it's huge. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, and that's literally, I think, what it is. I mean, little things like that for baseball, and soccer is just a different sense of passion, like a high level, like in your face, and it just makes you pumped up. And to be honest, that's how I felt when I started getting more involved in following the the U.S. men's national team, um and it really just pumped me up in that regard. And then seeing it from uh, the other side now, when we're trying to obviously engage our community and seeing that what it means. I feel like there's more of a community feel to soccer culture than there is in baseball. And I think just because baseball's traditional in that sense, you know, what I mean, it's very like, this is what, what sport is. And soccer has that traditional aspect on the pitch, but outside of the pitch, it's like, how can we support our team? How can we support our club um, from a community standpoint? So that's what I've noticed um, from a cultural fandom standpoint, for sure.
0: That's cool. And yeah. by the way, I just want to make sure that we're clear on this. I don't really like baseball. I just like it when the Dodgers beat everybody else, <laughs> uh, especially, but you, but especially you the a Braves.
2: United fan for a similar reason, right? Because oh, uh, well, because of availability, right? And somewhat. No, because it's, I like it seeing was available m- to you when you. I like uh, yeah. I
0: just like watching 90 games. That's my thing. <laughs> so killing yeah. people in fantasy. <laughs> um no, but
2: so the numbers were ridiculous. Uh.
0: That, I I totally get that uh Jesse. And, and it's cool because I'm like totally connecting with you right now because that's exactly the same thing for me and like well, you, you're born in Imperial Valley and you live in San Diego and you root for the Dodgers. Why? Well, long story, but you know, it's basically <laughs> yeah. the exact same thing. And, and it's really cool just to see that, um, you know, it it's it brings to mind the again to bring it around to supporter culture that everybody supports in a different way and everybody comes into a team in a different way. And for us, it's basically, you know, reaching out to as many people as possible and make sure we show yeah. them what you just explained, which is that there's such a community around this. This isn't this isn't just going sitting sitting down for 45 minutes at a time, you know, go to grab a beer at halftime, come back for another 45, uh, and and just watch your team. That's not what this is about. Like, we are – it's a match day is match day. From the mom, moment you wake up, you throw yeah. on your colors, you walk to outside, you open up a beer at 5 in the morning, start drinking, you know, like that's <laughs> – yeah. just me? Okay, that's fine. Uh, but <laughs> like, oh, me too. Oh, yeah. Okay, Steve, I think Drew does it too. So it just it, you know, it's part of this oh, yeah. it's this whole culture. I mean, I do it, but maybe. <laughs> I'm in a legal dispute, so not on, allegedly. Not on game day, not on not yeah. on uh, not on official hours, all right, Jesse, not on official. Yeah, day, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But, you right. know, like Correct. just to kind Days of off. bring it back to, you know, <laughs> the experience and all of that. I really love that you mentioned we want we basically our goal is to make March 7th every single match day. Like that's what we want. I'm going to give you one better. March 7th, and then every game after that, something better happens, something bigger happens. And so with that being said, and with what happened last season, start thinking right now of some moments last season that kind of stand out to you uh, that you were a part of, you know, that you got to witness within the club that that stand out to you and that really, uh, you know, just come to mind and and make you excited for 2021.
3: There's a handful obviously. Um, I think just unveiling like our BLM jerseys and seeing like obviously the the response to that and knowing that it was something um, that that kind of came around real quick. You know I mean, based on what was happening in our society and stuff of that nature and obviously being led by, and it was really just spearheaded by our owner. I mean, our chairman, Andrew, which is really cool when you see stuff like that, that mm-hmm. it just shows you like, Hey, I'm I'm at the right spot. <laughs> like if that's our leadership and that's, the decisions are being made that align with our community, like, I'm all about that. So being able to see that come to fruition and showing it and seeing the response from our players, from our community, from fans across the world, like, that was really cool. And then to start the return to play, I think, was a cool moment as well just because we were able to use those kits. I don't know if the players, even Nate, maybe weren't too happy about it, being 110 degrees out in Salt Lake, but (laughs) can't control that. It was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it was a good experience just to be back on there, obviously, and seeing what the guys have been working on to see it come obviously and, and and result in three points to start the season it was like hey we got something going so that moment obviously was key getting some key guys throughout the year obviously coming in and stepping up and helping the team get over over that hump where we knew the team was and just seeing the, the community support one thing that grabbed my attention during the pandemic was obviously uh, the ready children's fundraiser that we did the virtual walk i think that was really cool obviously yeah. being able to support mm-hmm. our partners but at the same time not doing it by ourselves because we know we can't do it by ourselves. Um, having, obviously, the support of our community to be able to be there and support a big organization like Grady's, um, I think, really helped some and prepare us for that season, I think, when you look at it that way. Being competitive, you know I mean, like off the field, off the pitch for us is the key, but obviously being competitive on the pitch as well. So um, those two moments, I think, early on were the biggest things. Before, we obviously got to the latter part where, beating Phoenix and Phoenix is always fun mm-hmm. to be honest. And that Jeez. comes, that goes back to my Fresno days as well. <laughs> sure. Uh, so we, we appreciate that for sure that those wins and having that little good, that good little run at the end, knowing that if we would have got into the playoffs one way or another, it would have been very exciting times. For yeah.
1: So so you mentioned getting a couple key, key guys, key players. Um, How do you, how do you do like marketing and social when the club was struggling? Cause I mean, we said it a lot on this podcast, but August was, a pretty bleak month for performance wise. I mean, I think we scored yeah. like one or two goals. Like, how do you, you know, how, how do you kind of pull up that Twitter account and, and hit a tweet and try to keep things positive when everybody's like, where are the goals? You know, like it's all negative. It's I, all negative. It's like, how do you, how do you see those mentions? Like, what is it from? <laughs> The, you know the phone holder's perspective
0: i'm just i'm sorry but just real quick i totally just pictured jesse as that one meme with the happy face mask and in the background just like <laughs> uh, like during that time you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is great And you're like yeah <laughs> yeah
3: no to be honest like and ryan's key in this component because obviously he he directs a lot of this um of the way things are perceived externally and to be honest like we're very transparent as you as you guys notice like and we're grateful for our obviously our front office leadership to allow that and our coaching staff, soccer ops leadership with Landon, and Nate um, to be able to be there. You know what I mean, at every spot and they have the trust in us to know that we're going to show what's best for the team um, and obviously give us the best chance when it comes to social media to get the best um, engagement, but the best support from our community. So, our approach really is like the guys, in all honesty, weren't feeling too great about that month. So, what we did is we bought that. We took that and we said, hey, we're going to be transparent. We'll show that to our community because the worst thing you want is a fan. And I personally, and I think of, I forgot what movie it was. Um, I forgot the name of it. Um, but it's like the team's doing horrible. they at a restaurant and they lost the game and the fans are there like drinking away all mad. And the guys, the players from that team, I, forgot, I think it's the Red Sox. I forgot the movie. They're like drinking beer not and just having a good time. And the fans are all depressed. So I think fans want to assimilate and feel like the players are feeling the same way. So that's why we kind of just focus on like, hey, we're not scoring goals. Let's show you guys working their asses off, trying to score goals and practice at training. And that's the way we're going to translate that because eventually those goals are going to come. And obviously, Brandon would say that and they would say that the players knew that would happen eventually based on how hard they were working. So that's what we wanted to showcase. The fact that we're being transparent and that they're working is not a lack of effort. And you saw the, the turnaround on everything. And yeah, not just the guys that came in, but the guys that were working and struggling through that time period as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And I'll say that, you know, I, I don't think that for all the listeners here, um, I don't, I also don't think that that's just the way that you guys framed it and the way you guys did it. Cause I think it's the culture of the club. Cause something, one of the things that set to me the most of last season, um, and there's a lot of things that stood out, but when Carlos Alvarez went on the post game show with um, Darren and Jordan, and he apologized to fans, he said, I'm sorry, this isn't good enough. I want to apologize to the supporters. I want to apologize to all you guys. And I, I mean, he will forever stand out to me in my, in my mind for that, because that's, that's ownership. That's, that's a, that's a culture that was instilled. That's not just one player apologizing. That's him apologizing on behalf of the club. Like that was, that meant so much to me um as somebody who just, you know, we had one, one glorious match. Yeah. We had a preseason match too, but like we had one night and it's hard to connect to like, you know, it's it you guys have done a phenomenal job with social um and all that stuff. But that was like one moment that just was like, wow, this, this, that guy gets it, but this club gets it because he wouldn't be yeah. saying that just for himself. He says that as a representation of what that crest means to him. And so that was like a huge, huge, huge thing to me.
0: Well, you know, it's that's, also like a, a really good representation of what the club is trying to do and the people that they're bringing in, like, like Jesse, you know, and, and it's not just in the front office. I mean, or I should say, it's not just in the team and the players. It's also in the front office. It's really important that the right people are in the right seat but, in the bus is the way that I like to see it. And with Carlos, that's a great, example because they're a soccer family right his brother uh-huh. is is playing uh i believe still with galaxy and yeah, yeah. and uh with the national team in mexico and then uh his wife just uh had a hat trick and i think yeah. god like player of the month or honestly should be here yeah. she's killing it in the liga femenil yeah. in mexico um so it, they're very much a soccer family and, and guess what they're not the only soccer family you know like you're looking at other players and and their families and how they grew up within the sport and just the people that are coming to this team right now uh i think are meant to be here and it just goes to show the importance that you guys put into it and just to, kind of to bring it back the storytelling you know part of it i know storytelling maybe sometimes feels like fables and and not real things but it's you guys are giving it the giving us the truth and being transparent which is super super good um one for us to see that it's refreshing because not a lot of clubs are doing that and the way that you guys do it it's in such a fun way even when it's a, when it's a bad situation i almost still feel like you know i can i can look at your guys's posts and it makes me feel better about what's happening and i think that you guys do that consciously which is crazy to yeah. me because you don't see that in professional sports so yeah, man, kudos to what you guys are doing over there, for real. Like, it, yeah. for us as as just fans, and and Steve said, like volunteers. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think we're just volunteers, but you know, I, it. it's like it's very much feels like this is our club, and it's because of the work that y- people like you do, man. And it's yeah, just, it's today. Like I was getting a uh, shout out to Paul. I got a message from Paul uh, Naku, who's very much involved too, and mm-hmm. we were talking about that. And it's like, dude, this just feels so cool. Like Warren just invited me in. Uh, to have some beers, and you we're talking for an hour, like that's just so easy to access into, yeah. uh, so approachable, and you've made it that way too. So, so so cool, Drew. It's your turn, man. You're back, yay! Shout out uh, to Paul. <laughs> Shout out to Paul and his ramen. <laughs> <laughs> i, was ask. I was ask. When, when got some in my. I've got some in my
2: cabinet. He wants me to have it. It's going. To I ain't touching
1: myself. this challenge.
2: Yeah, I'm. Uh, uh-uh. I did not. I did somehow back my way into this, but um, yeah. It's really between Jerry and Carl, but I like yeah. I don't know Warren how he. In got, I
0: don't. I, I don't know how Drew a, got involved all of a sudden, and Paul was like, "Yeah, I'm going to do it too." Paul's it's like, "It's like, Paul's Paul, like Drew, Paul you're going to be a part out, of this." Like, Here you go, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah."
2: I, I, There's like I five like, of us now. It was like I, we were in a parking lot, and El Cajon. <laughs> it was weird. I'm not going to lie. Um, but wow. Yeah, that was, all right. Uh, essentially, what happened? Uh, no, my <laughs> webcam dropped <laughs> off for a minute. I had a weird. I've got like three different USB things plugged into other things. And so I had unplug a couple and plug one into another thing and just relaunch the window. That's what I found out when, in, when in doubt, just refresh kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the, uh, no, the, 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 the talk was better when I, when I was gone, honestly. Um, but yeah, my, my follow up to that would be, you know, kind of in the same vein of what do you think is, um, the biggest, the biggest thing going forward, I guess in 2021, um, in a season where we hope that it's going to start small right and then grow bigger kind of what is your what is your biggest um kind of challenge in terms of peaking maybe too early i guess um but is that a concern or is it more so just hey we just want to keep people engaged however we can if that's online that's great if it's in person that's fantastic but um we're just going to try and mix both i guess what's what's kind of your your come up i guess
3: with does honestly is just whatever like obviously we were challenged last year and just trying to plan and try to make the best of it. You can say, right. And like seeing how we can engage no matter what. So we definitely want to keep that formula of like being transparent, I think is going to be the key and it's going to always be the key, no matter what the situation is. Cause obviously our community understands what's going on in general. I mean, we all know what's, what's happening in society. So just understanding, um, that we keep that transparency and for lack of a better term, like keep it real with everyone, we're going to be all right. Uh, And and what we want is obviously fans in the stadium. So we're going to try to do as much as we can to make that happen because I think that's what that's what separates um, soccer from any other sport in the world is that passion. Um, Not like in general, but at the stadium, those ninety minutes, that stadium is like what makes the difference. You know what I mean? And that's you can watch documentaries on every sport and all these documentaries in soccer, and you see that the difference is like right there in front of your face. Um, Same thing at a match. So I think that's. Our ultimate goal to have that but nonetheless we're going to find ways to engage we're going to help find ways to connect with our community and how to help our community and pretty much just find ways to connect people in our community to make better things happen for us yeah that's the key without soccer with soccer i mean we were challenged pretty fast because i think as we were working on our white statement that's kind of what came down to it we're in the middle of a pandemic we haven't had soccer we're still engaging our community trying to make our community better so what what are you when you don't have soccer? I mean, that's literally what the challenge came after a month of having your first season. So I think those are things that just challenge you and make you really think like we have to do better outside of just a soccer component as well, because at the end of the day that will help carry you up forward. Yes. You can say.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, and I think this. Is, so I think like the social media obviously is a big part of that, and I think we've kind of touched mm-hmm. on it. But one of the things that I. Th- think is really big in say like verified accounts and with the, this club and you know has become a lot more common amongst like baseball teams soccer teams it's kind of like feeling there's a person behind the account it's not just like this you know uh-huh. account that's only tweets statements and finals you know what you know when somebody scores a goal like there's a person behind that and i think that's something that you guys have done such a good job with like what was it last night with your what's the best taco shop in san diego and you guys were uh-huh. replying like you know while still kind of maintaining that there's a credibility there you know that when the account tweets it means something yeah but also like that it, you know there's somebody there that's willing to engage and and kind of communicate and so i, I definitely applaud there because um i just i love seeing what's coming from you know yeah. the twitter account instagram like what's coming you know that from from those channels Um, I love that kind of stuff. I just think that's, that's such a good way to connect to people, especially in this day and age when so many people are kind of stuck at home and, you know, don't have much to do when people are looking for engagement and looking for that connection with a club and saying, oh, well, they replied to me on Twitter, you know, wow, they really, you know, they want to interact with, with, with us as people and supporters. Like that's, that means something. So I, I, I super uh, big kudos there.
0: Yeah, and talking about oh, that, fair stop fair. interacting with me. Leave me alone. Like, stop it. <laughs> I don't know who it is, but just like, stop tagging me on stuff. It's just random stuff, like backwards yeah, jerseys everyone. and stuff. And I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> it's like, go away. Golly. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. No, but I don't know who it was, once, but it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm just proud that I'm building this, you know, this, this, like, persona of being that jerk supporter that's going to call you guys out because that's totally what I want to be uh, I will call you out that's our job all right it is what yeah. it is <laughs>
3: and, and to be honest like we need that you know what I mean like yeah. we want people to keep us on our toes to keep us accountable to what we've said we're going to be um, and I think some teams honestly don't like that but I think for us to continue to be who we want and live our why and live our values it's we need that you know what I mean and yeah. And we've talked about this before i think like and we'll push back on your guys end if it's something that we feel it's right to our values as well i mean we're not going to make decisions outside of that but yeah i think it's a mutual agreement that we have and i think that's healthy for obviously a club and its community and their supporter group i think that's something that's key but yeah. going back to your thing steve that's something brian discussed early on was like hey we need to make this social media account feel like it's a human behind it so when people yeah. connect with sd loyal they're connecting with SD Law as a person, not a club, because that's what you feel. And that's honestly the approach we have. So we don't look like we don't want to post to post. We want to make sure that when we post there's something, there's significance and meaning behind it. You know what I mean, it's not just like, hey, let's throw this out there just to throw it out there. And it's like, let's throw it out there because we think it can engage our community. And that's what we want to do is engage, not just put things out right like a box
0: yeah i think okay. i think we're going to need to get ryan on the show and talk a little bit about oh, yeah. what he oh, has to be do good. i think be good. i think we need to bring danny in as well who's our new guy oh, right yeah yeah so yeah. talk
1: about danny talk about danny a little bit how that came about was that that was announced kind of informally through his twitter i think it's, if our members it, haven't seen that you know but can you talk about how that came about what his background is um and i'd love to have him on to tell the story but i'd love
3: to hear how you got connected with that yeah, and it's
0: now. and it's miller time it's miller
3: from that a little bit yeah, Danny's a cool dude, man. Honestly, I met him uh, at the first match, cool. March seventh. Um, so he was there doing some photography stuff for us, um, and he obviously he was already worked at the Timbers. He just wanted to come shoot. Um, so just knowing his personality and meeting him that day, Ryan got to meet him a little bit more than I did that night. And then he references like, "Hey, Danny's here. He's super cool. He's he had a great time. He's some photos or whatnot." And then down the road, he started seeing what we we're doing, and obviously he just like he wants. I think he just loved the culture and he's like hey if anything happens over there let me know and we're like oh for real? like cool we'll see what happens we don't we didn't have any plans honestly to be um at that moment but knowing that we're going back into a season and potentially things expanding we were able to potentially hire someone um so then we reached out and asked if he was still willing to do it based on the fact that we were looking for that position for some time and he just fit honestly culturally that's the biggest thing to what jerry said earlier it's not just about oh what have you done in the past? How good are you at your job? But it's more, who are you as a person? Because this role in particular is going to be dealing with our players, our coaching staff, uh, our community, obviously. And we want to just continue going on what we're doing now. We don't just want to have someone that's great at their job, but is a bad person, for lack of a better way to describe it. But we want people to have an equal balance. And I think that's, to you guys' point, that's literally what our club is. Landon talks about players on the pitch are just as good as people off, off the pitch. So that's kind of what our, our goal is in internally as well when it comes from the firm office. But, yeah, Danny will be a cool guy for you guys to interview. Him and Ryan will be pretty yeah. good stuff.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, I think we need to uh, get them on. Uh, it's, it's one of those things, too, that I very much love bringing to the attention of those that may look at San Diego Loyal or, just, or their club just in general as, as a business. As an organization, there's like people that are a part of that, you know, and we need to get their stories because it's that's like the real cool thing about being a part of this, and it's what also makes us feel like we're a part of it even more. So, yeah, we really appreciate you, uh, you know, joining us today, man. How are you doing on your beer, by the way? This is like my break, good. I'm like almost done, so I can open up another one. All right, let's go. Uh, let's do the uh, we're gonna go with the Barrio Lager, dude, Barrio Lager from Thorn. Because uh, that also is a partner un- of ours. Uh, thank you, Steve. Go for it. Take it. Cause I have oh, to go sorry, get that man. beer. And I think so, it's um, Drew's, Drew's turn. This here. is a
1: good, perfect pivot point to saying what is coming next. I feel like we've talked plenty about the struggles through COVID through last season. Uh, also your background, but can you tell us anything about any sorts of plans, marketing initiatives, um, kind of what's on the horizon for 2021? Obviously, like you said a couple times goal is fans in the stands, but I think everybody understands that that's out of your control. It's out of our yeah. control. Um, it's kind of in the hands of the general population. How everybody does with COVID, how vaccines roll out, etc. Cetera, et cetera. The point is, you know, how are you planning for uh, an, just such an unknown season? Because that's something we're struggling with, honestly, internally. Um, we're talking about you know memberships and how we're going to handle the season, and it's it's hard to to do memberships when we're talking yeah. about what can we promise our members. So you know, there's some, there's a lot of discussions going on internal from our end. How does that, how does that work from your guys' perspective?
3: Oh, no, that's a good question. Um, for us, it's just, i mentioned initiatives and platforms that we're going to be um, rolling out throughout the year. I think obviously being key to our success in the community. I think that's the biggest thing. So that's a component, right? Like outside the soccer side is like how we continue to be who we are on the community. So kind of just focusing on those six platforms um, and initiatives that we want to do this year, that's going to involve our community as a whole and not just for our benefits the benefit of everyone. And that's the key. Like, And we're not going to do it by ourselves. We're going to need the help of you guys, the community as a whole, to jump on board and make it happen. You know what I mean? That's what we want. Um, but one thing that I'm really excited about is we announced Loyal Select. Like, I don't know. We didn't have that in Fresno. So when we were able to talk about it here, I was like, this is going to be super cool to know that kids, young kids have an opportunity to know there's like, hey, there's an easy like journey. There's a roadmap. You go to college, they give you like a roadmap, roadmap how to graduate. And that's your ultimate goal. In this case, like there's a roadmap to you to become a professional soccer player in your hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing that we have like the best people possible within our community to do, to help with that. And I'm referencing Matt Hall who loves being on interviews as you guys have seen, yeah. <laughs> um, but him and obviously our coaching staff as a whole, like, I think there's going to be a really cool initiative just to involve our community and our young soccer players here in the community. Obviously it's like a very high focus when it comes to the numbers here in terms of, of, of kids that play soccer in this community. So I think that for me personally, is the community initiatives, but Loyal Select honestly is a, is a big driver of that just because we're doing something different. And it's something that San Diego got pro soccer. Now there's a way to continue that pro soccer with local talent as much as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. We were talking about that, how important it is for us as supporters too, to have, I think just in general, the city of San Diego is very much, loves to be represented by its own people. And when we see yeah. somebody doing great, you know, especially at at a higher level, that we know started out when they were, you know, little kids here just kicking the ball around like in Mission Beach or something, you know, it, it just it it yeah. brings so much more meaning. So yeah. that's fantastic. And again, um, just real quick, want to shout out uh, Pa Ariola, man. We like I don't oh. think we've really had a chance to talk about that Chula Vista boy so that's that's yep. what i mean like for us we're all like yeah hey didn't you hear about pario hey yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <inaudible> <inaudible> you know like it's just it's just, it's really cool for us right to be able to and sure. there, there's others as well but um yeah it's just so, so speaking so, of
1: that that like homegrown talent like what's it like you know with elijah how does that work like internally you guys you guys homies you know with with your background in fresno like did you guys know each other beforehand you know Oh, that's connect. a good question. Because that's you know we're talking about homegrown talent here. That's a homegrown talent from from your your home. So,
3: yeah, dude, dude, honestly, I love Elijah. Like he's super cool, down there yeah. guy. Um, he fits literally what landon preaches. You know, what I mean, like the type of player he is, that type of person he is, oh, like wow. what he values. <laughs> there it is. Um, so yeah, he's a very passionate guy. You know what I mean, when it comes to it, but um, I I got to obviously see his career kind of start when he was working playing for Fuego and I was working for Fuego and then seeing obviously how it grew and then the first year that our inaugural season in fresno he wasn't with the club but the second year he was because of how he played at the pdl level um so just seeing his work ethic and then just being coming here and seeing how he developed as a as a player himself as a professional and then seeing this community obviously take him under his wing and like really appreciate who he is it honestly pumped me up a lot and i would always tell him like dude keep doing your thing like this is cool and that's how i felt personally myself like I'm not from San Diego, but I feel like I am now. I mean, I've only been here a year. And I think that's what this this community does to you. <laughs> and I really appreciate – like, I like that. Like, talking about Parareola, like, when he was scoring on, on Sunday, I was telling my kids, like, hey, they're from Chula Vista. And my kids are like, okay, cool. Like, they're five years old, seven years old. I mean, they don't know. But to yeah. me, usually you say that about your hometown. So the fact that we're able to connect that dot already, it's like that's what this community does to us. And I know um, – That's huge. I'm not going to speak for Elijah, but I know he feels – very similar based on conversations him and I have had. Yeah. His, his, I mean, I just love his like energy, like in, you know, the social like videos and stuff
1: like that, that, you, that have been put out and like the, the sound drop that Jerry keeps dropping. Um, like his energy is just like, it just seems like his like positivity and his like smile, like permeates yeah. like, everywhere through the club. Like I, and I love to see that kind of stuff. So when I saw his name on the, you know, who's returning this season, um, I was, I was yeah. super stoked to see him come back.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely getting, uh, like he's, he's one of those players that just sticks out because yeah. he is, you can tell he is just such a cool dude, you know, and not only yeah. is he just super talented and he's super good, but he just comes off as somebody that I can go up to and be like, yo, what's up, dude, let's go grab a beer and some tacos and be like, he'd be, he'd, he'd be like,
2: be down, he knows who he is. He's very confident yeah. who he is and what his role is. And, yeah. and you can, that comes, comes through on the field. It comes through off the field, obviously. And, and I think that it's, one of the things that it helps define the identity and the soul of the team a bit. And So to know that he was coming back was like, okay, we're retaining a bit of that soul, that essence, whatever yeah. we are. Yeah, and Drew.
0: See, Fresno's that. not that bad, dude. I don't know why you hate Fresno so much,
2: <laughs> I, dude. I, <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm
0: just messing with you. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to throw that out there. I was, I was no, thinking, right. I was thinking about how like a lot of people think Fresno is. Is like a, a terrible place, and it's not. There's some great, great human beings coming out of there. Uh Shout out to all my homies that are from Fresno. Uh, no, but seriously, like it. Fresno is a fantastic place, and it just—it's a bummer that what happened with Fresno FC. But I'm so glad that you're here, Jesse, and I'm so glad that Elijah Martin has found a way to, um, you know, make this his home. Because, dude, literally, like we, to us, you guys are San Diego now. Like that's the yeah, way that we see yeah. it, right, Drew?
3: Thank you, thank you.
2: Oh yeah that's a hundred percent well i was gonna say that and i was gonna say what's what's interesting is too is both you guys kind of coming from there and and jerry you showed us as well kind of growing up on the inland side of california kind of growing up not next to the beach necessarily Mm -hmm. and coming here what what part of that do you think is um kind of made you feel like that's part of the identity here um with this club because because there's always been a discussion for us internally of kind of san diego has two sides too right it's in 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 Mm -hmm. terms of people who are a little more inland or just kind of different parts, you know, Ramona and Alpine and Spring uh, Valley Julian are very different. Yeah, Spring Valley are, are all very different than other parts that are even 15, 20 minutes away. Um, and obviously, Fresno being just different than most of California, I think trying to find those stories. You guys have done a great job, I think, of helping tell a lot of those stories. But just kind of personally for you, what does that mean in terms of translating what this place, what makes it different? And then also uh, the stories that Californians maybe overlook uh, or other people overlook in California. Um, what, what's been most exciting for you about that kind of stuff
3: to me, honestly, like I think people in Fresno have like this chip on their shoulder nat- naturally, just based on like what you were saying. I mean, like everybody looks down on Fresno and even, and you oh, grow right. up with that. Yeah. And you yeah. look, you look, you grow up thinking that like, oh man, I, I got to get out of here sooner than later type of thing. <clears throat> but then as you get older, you're you like, you know what, I've learned a lot. Like this is who I am type of thing. So when you do get out of Fresno, you start appreciating it even more than what you did. Um, uh, so for me, I think it just gives you that grit and like hard work. And I think Elijah showcased that during the year. Like myself, like I've learned that getting away from home. Um, so differences there's very minimal when it comes to that. Aside from obviously, like you said, the, the like the geographic component of like everything in San Diego's Obviously, the weather alone is like the biggest difference. Which I'll tell you a story on that one yeah. real quick after. But. Um, that's that's the thing i realized real quick it's the demographics are very similar to city for being how big it for how big it is it's still like a small town component that you meet people right away like i feel like i've met so many people and i've been here for a year that was in a pandemic where you shouldn't be around people which is interesting to say you know what i mean imagine
0: Um, if it wasn't a pandemic dude
3: and and that i honestly i think about that i'm like how that just shows you a community special and that that can actually happen or make people feel like comfortable about it so um I think that's the component for people like me and Elijah that come from Fresno and have been there our entire life. It's just you you kind of have this chip and you want to keep showcasing who you are and and just put your own city on on, on the map, if you want to call it that way, or represent good for your city, but at the same time, just be who you are. Because I think at the end of the day, that, that helps. Um, yeah. One story in regards to the biggest difference was the weather. Last December 2019, Ryan and I were out there, we're shooting pic- up. Uh, avi eric avila's photos for like his announcement and we're at uh, what's it called moonlight beach it was december like 17th or something i don't know oh, and good. i was walking I was short beach. and i was like dude it's like like the weather is literally perfect i was walking i was thinking like why is it like seven degrees right now this makes no sense the president <laughs> right now have like a peacoat times two so i was just walking it was sunny the weather was perfect i'm like this is a little weird <laughs> and that's what i know this is is like the dorothy dorothy moment where i'm like this is not kansas anymore this is not present like it was for sure perfect yeah
1: Yeah. it's the sunshine tax. we all pay for it we all pay for it but it's uh it's worth it it's so worth it but to piggyback off of kind of drew's question about and i agree it's you know being born and raised here I, i i i know this community you know i i know north county in and out and i i i I, I know San Diego, but um, born and raised in North County myself.
0: Hey, Steve, uh, did you know that Spring Valley is the Fresno of San Diego?
1: <laughs> I did. I, now, now I know even more.
0: You're welcome. Um, the Dropping
1: question is back. like, you know, Drew talked a lot about the diversity here and how how different little areas are. So, how do you how do you like market to that? Because there's like, there's no way to like. Yeah, do that in a simple manner right there's no way to do like simple initiatives that are going to connect all of san diego together in one way so like how do you appeal to south bay and north county and east county and you know like and the hispanic community and you know there's so many different little sub communities here that how how do you
3: how do you develop a marketing strategy on that (laughs) i'm really yeah honestly it's as simple as to me one approach i've taken when i've because one of my biggest things when I started working with Grizzlies or even Fresno FC that I personally took was engaging with the Hispanic community just because I know here, no matter what sport it is, even if it's soccer, and that's, like, the main sport when it comes to the culture, um, there's still a lack of trust, you know what I mean, with the institution component of it and, like, like the structure of it. So, and they're accustomed to, obviously, what they see in Liga MX and things of that nature. So, to me, it's just understanding how to build trust at the end of the day and i i went honestly my broadcast career if you want to call it that is where i learned that like i learned the hard way of like learning my spanish mm-hmm. getting better so over the years of broadcasting the listeners started like supporting me more than they were critiquing me because of my spanish as and mm-hmm. you probably know like bad spanish gets critiqued real quick especially if you're a spanish you, if you're a mexican person that should be speaking spanish is the way they see it in chinga oh. <laughs> yep right away so that i learned real quick of like the trust factor has to be there. So after mm-hmm. years of broadcasting, they start realizing like, Hey, this guy's trying, as long as he's trying, that's all that matters. Um, and then I think that's the biggest key. So I think to your question, Steve, is just pretty much learning how to get every aspect of our community to trust that we're just here to really bridge everybody together, bring them together into one focal point for the betterment of our entire community through soccer, I think is the key. So mm-hmm. everybody has preferences and likes and what they want. So we just try to have, like, that's that's kind of like our North Star. We go towards that for every community, you can say. Um, yeah. At the same time, being transparent and being um, authentic and just trying to help them out and, and build that trust with them, I think is the key. And I'm sure you guys know that as, as a supporters group. I mean, you want to trust both ways with us, with your own members. And I think that's the key for us as well.
1: Right. I think authenticity is the key word that you said there. And I, I agree. I mean, that's as, you know, as leadership representation, the the three of us here, you know, just a part of that. But um, we try to be authentic. You know, we want to, we're here for the betterment of our members. We're here to grow a community. We're here to, we're here to build a family um, and build support for the club um, and help you guys with your initiatives and, and you know, make this as big as possible. Obviously, last year was as hard as it gets, but, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing what we can just like you guys are. But um, I, I'm just here to say you guys are killing it. So, um, keep going, and you're on your way up for sure.
0: You know, one thing that we were having a conversation, Drew and I, earlier, were talking about what this club can eventually be like, and and kind of what we were mm-hmm. seeing as, you know, I think Drew said it, uh, you know, a church, like I, as, at the risk of being somewhat sacrilegious, like like honestly, yeah. the, what it should be like is yeah, just yeah. a little a little blasphemy, um, like it's this should feel like something that you want to be a part of, that you want to go to every Sunday. And, you know, you you have this family around you that you know supports you. It's no longer about, you know, yourself. It's about the community. Um, And so I know that, you know, for example, and in my background, I can't help it. I'm sorry, but I'm going to do it again. Um, With LAFC, the president of... Uh, The club, when when they started out, was calling uh, the bank. uh, uh, The bank, for those of you I don't know, it's Bank of California Stadium, uh, Mm -hmm. where LAFC plays. He would call it the Cathedral of Soccer in the heart of the city. And, like, we want our cathedral. I think eventually we will get our cathedral. But if you look at it that way, I think that you get that idea that Jesse was talking about is, Bringing everybody together at one focal point, which is our cathedral, right? On on the day for Mass um, to watch yeah. our boys uh, go out there Catholic University. And, and and sing. And I feel sing. You, <laughs> uh, and, you know, the 11 on the field are the choir boys, and they're, <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know, they're, whatever. It, they're, it, singing they're singing at church and they're singing in personalities going on. Too it's too so. far. It's too much. That's uh, too much. But, but Drew, right? I mean, we're having that conversation because it's very true. Yeah
2: you create a special place. And I think as what we've alluded to, when we talked about the social a bit, and just kind of the, the things you've done just generally, and even before then the craftedness to say, we want to have a human hand here, but also something that feels authentic, something that feels real and feels like a, a, a thing we're building together. That's not, it's not a company. It's not a for profit corporation. It's something that's a community that's wrapped around this ideal, that's part of you know what becomes a brand but the brand itself is the community and and that to that's been very special to watch and have in the first year and you guys have done an amazing job of making that authentic and real before uh the moments that cemented it at the very end of the season to a lot of people internationally almost um so uh, kudos to being in that position Uh, but also again the hard work and kind of mindset it took to constantly every day show up and and believe in that when certain points, as Steve said, it wasn't paying off in the middle of the season that, mm-hmm. that felt harder um, to believe in. But uh, in the end, it, it was all worth it because of the fact that everyone stayed true to that North star. So as Jerry's saying, it's it really is a sense of um, creating a special place that's, in this case, something that's not physical at this point. It, it is in that stadium when we can be there, but it really is something that we're all part of. And then as it becomes more manifested physically, um you know you'll see it everywhere in the community and then you know in the hearts of people and that's that that's really what you want is every shop window when you drive by you know in portland for me is is where it was cemented to drive by Mm -hmm. and just see timmy the same way you'd see uh insert football team in every city you know packers you know in in green bay or anywhere in wisconsin every bar has a packers thing in the window just every single one and in portland same thing you see a, a timbers thing in almost every single window of every single bar
0: Dude, on um, that note, I actually uh, just sent a picture to Ricardo earlier today because yeah. in my neighborhood, I hadn't seen it. Somebody in front of me had a, a San Diego Loyal sticker on, the, on their uh, car. And so I took a picture oh. real quick and I sent it to Ricardo. I was like, dude, it's in my hood. You guys are doing it. You guys are doing it. You know, like yeah. that's exactly to your point. Sorry to interrupt you, but I just want to. Yeah, you no, out.
2: the Santanas guys in my in my neighborhood talking about the tacos have have loyal masks. Yes, and Ricardo told me it's because he gave it to them. So that's the oh, uh, yeah. twist ending. That's the uh inception ending. There is that uh he was part of that. But it is one of those things where like Damn, after he started popping those little magical surprises that boy that good. coming in, he that made boy me go good. to Santanas today after he called me. It, it so a, I think,
1: I think, I think. I think we're wrapping it up here, but before we go, I have to ask you one crucial question. In your opinion alone, oh jeez, what is your favorite
0: taco shop in San Diego? Yeah. Oh, with well, one year of being here, Steve, that's a little rough, man. Okay. I, hey, I don't feel like. Well, if he if because he, listen, be. if he says tacos cause if he says tacos del <laughs> gordo and everybody's gonna be like, no, Jesse, don't know what he's talking about. Oh. He's only been, I just want to real quick pre- preface this by saying Jesse's only been here a year. All right, yeah, give him a break. It, and we're asking San Diego because all of a sudden he's going to be like, in Fresno, there's this taqueria that I...
3: San Diego. <laughs> yeah. So I, honestly, I've said this and you guys probably feel the same way. And Ryan would attest to it. Like, in Fresno, tacos are completely different. Like, oh, you literally see a, ta- too. You see a taco truck in every corner. So, I have a different mindset when it comes to like, tacos de gordo good. But it's not the style of taco that I'm used to. You know what I mean? Mm. Type of thing. Mm. Um. So, it's been hard, to be honest, to find the taco that I'm like all about because of where I, like I think we talked about it yesterday on our social like Ryan and I worked in Fresno where Fresno Grizzlies we had a taco truck throw down there was 30 trucks at the stadium inside the stadium during a baseball game you know what I mean so yeah. that's how big taco trucks are there so for us like for me in particular, like I've been honestly like every week trying to find a different place just to try them but they've all been good so far so I think oh man which is my favorite I haven't had too many opportunities given the circumstance, but mm-hmm. if it's if, if, really good.
0: Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, hold wait. on, hold on, hold on. You you said it, but I, I was talking over you because I was gonna say if you hear this and it's muted, it's because we contacted them and they, they refused to give us royalties. <laughs> but go ahead, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: Lolitas is good. Um, what's your now? Tacos de Gordo's good. I just haven't found I saw I found a taco truck in Linda Vista, I think it's called Taco Time. That one's pretty good. It has good albanero sauce, which I'm all about. Um and honestly, I'm gonna say like tacos, the meat can be like the meat's good, but the salsa makes a difference. If you have the bad salsa hot. and good meat, it's a wrap like it's not good.
0: You my man. So, that's exactly oh, yeah. salsa. that's right. Very true. Oh yeah. Dude, definitely <laughs> I would say definitely go wait in
1: line
3: at Los Cuatro Meal Plus in Barrio Logan. Uh definitely worth So when food. we text that when we tweeted that out yesterday, honestly like I'm not joking. I literally am taking notes because yeah. I'm gonna hit up all the spots, and Quar- yeah. puzzles was definitely one of the places. I'm like, okay, we got to go to so Barrio. Good. Yeah, yeah. like a- I said,
1: I'm born and raised in North County, so like me, you know, meals and and stuff down in San Diego, um it, it, few and far between. But anytime I find myself near Barrio Logan, I take the I take the time to go stop by Las Cuatro Mezcal and spot, dude. Make sure I get some food from there. Their tortillas there are amazing. Definitely we worth the wait I used
0: we to do it before
2: bar- Bridge Barcada. Never again.
0: Yeah, oh, I'm dude! Yeah, yeah, you don't want to do that. No, no, before, no, I only do it now. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, what, you know what the you know what the problem is? It's so close to where you guys are at in Barrio. Yeah, that, you can
2: smell it. Well,
0: you need a little bit more of a walk so you can walk those tacos off. That's this the problem. True, yeah. <laughs> the soccer plane <laughs> isn't enough. Like, nah, like literally like kicking the baller.
3: <laughs> oh, now I know! I know exactly where it is then. Yeah, when it's we right did there. The Dale I shoot, I remember seeing that from there.
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's just right.
2: Right down. You you actually always smell the orange chicken of the place that's next to it. That I think makes some sort of like weird stuff. There's some sort of like Asian smell that drifts onto the courts, and then uh, everyone. If you walk just a little bit towards the racquetball courts, you can smell it kind of even from there. But it's, it is the the standard to me in terms of uh tacos. But I got my own favorite places that are mostly just random trucks. Usually, Uh, I'm more of a truck guy too. I just kind of like the the. Just the uh, aesthetic, usually the food that comes from the truck for me is, yeah. is what I enjoy most about those kind of tacos. So,
3: That's uh, definitely I me. That. I I mentioned that in the office and everybody looked at me like, what? I'm like, no, seriously, carne asada tacos, Fresno. Fish tacos, obviously, yeah, I'm not even going to argue that. That's obviously San Diego, to be honest. I I think I ate more fish tacos the first month I was here when I first started than I ever have in my life. So. Yeah, beef That's supply I realized. Is
2: issue here too. You get a better beef supply up there in Fresno, I'm sure, in terms of like the yeah. quality of meat and that kind of stuff too. But yeah, for it's, sure. it's also a, the different difference in will not uh put the salsa yeah. on the taco. Yeah, having <laughs> having gone to
1: college in San Luis Obispo, I can definitely attest to the um the tri tip and the oh, the kind of yeah. you know the yeah. steak up there. So no, there sure. you go.
0: See, it's one of those things, like you know, nobody will ever be as good as Mama's cooking and Mama's cooking in this case is San Diego. There you go. But it, yeah. you know, like, it just, well said. It is what it is, guys. But look, if you well, haven't uh, checked that out, go to, uh, Twitter, uh, dot com backslash San Diego loyal, and look, scroll down to where the where uh they ask for reals let's take a minute to be serious about this what, what is the best taco, taco spot and just go and take notes and check all these places out seriously um
1: let's see 100 replies as of right now oh 100 wow
0: 100 see like something simple like that already is like the, the community is i they, they have some ideas they have some thoughts <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and and tacos is on everybody's There's mind as well be a wikipedia page at this point. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I literally, I, I had like this idea of how I was going to close this out with you, Jesse, and now I'm like completely lost because I'm thinking about eating some tacos. I'm stupid. <laughs> all right, Dude, we're 10 all drive out for 10.30,
3: like that's taco time all the way. It's 100%, 100% taco time. So. This
0: is right around the time when, you know, soccer games start like letting people out. Um, there's people outside with some carts, uh, tacos, some hot dogs, you know, that's what uh, I'm oh, that's dreaming like
3: of. Bacon. <laughs> <sighs> oh.
0: Ooh. That's what I'm. That's what, that's what I'm. Oh, damn you guys! <laughs> like. That's what I want our future to look like here. Yeah, uh, you know, with the locals and San Diego loyal. But Jesse, seriously, man, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us. Uh, we're we're gonna press stop on record here s- shortly, but hopefully you'll hang out with us for a little bit more. We want to kind of hang out and, and talk. Yeah, uh, like not, the sure. the thing for us, I think, as as supporters, is we we very much want to. F- feel like we own this thing you know like there's an ownership to the club and i think that we definitely feel it and if for those of you that don't yet contact me and and tell me why because seriously they're doing everything that they possibly can to bring us in to ask us what we think how we feel about things they're representing the community in such a way that you're not going to see that in professional sports so um and then the players too coming in you know it just it's 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 Everybody that's coming in, there's a certain idea behind all of this that is so concrete and the foundation is still being built. That's what I'm saying. Jesse, I don't know if you feel like the foundation was built in one year. I don't think that that's the case. I think we're still building it together. So if you are even thinking about joining the locals or joining San Diego Loyal as a season ticket holder, I'm not a sales rep for them. Maybe someday. I don't know. Not right now. (laughs) I'm not getting paid for this. I'm drinking beer. I'm just having a good time. Anyways, just hit up the club and join us because we would love to share some beers with you. Honestly, like that's what we that's what we're here for is to just have some some good times to escape from reality. Sometimes, unfortunately for Jesse, this is his job, which actually that's not unfortunate. That's kind of cool. Um, Unfortunately for him on game days, he can't drink with us. Oh, but seriously. but, you know. <laughs> it's one of those things that uh, we all choose our pets, Jesse. All right. Just stop it for sure.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but hey, thank it's, you. It's funny you say that though. Cause you talk about passion during a match and like in baseball, you can't be in a press box and like your team that you work for hits home run. You can't do anything. Cause right. You can't do that. Six, well, like, you technically no.
0: can't do that in soccer either, by the way. No, you can't. Technically, but
3: our press box, that's where I'm at during the games and we score a goal. I'm jumping like, Sorry. <laughs> Don't be sorry. <laughs> that is so
0: unprofessional, Jesse Beltran. <laughs> no, seriously, like, it's a whole different
3: game. Like, I love it. That's a, a different of passion. I want
2: sub-tweets kind of of our press team just to be like, oh, these guys, and they're rooting for their team that they work for.
3: You should yeah. see our Slack channel during oh, yeah. a game, honestly. No. <laughs> that's oh, where my gosh. Very
2: oh, yeah. That would be pretty yeah. good. You guys should release a, a video of that. You could even... Uh, fake it a bit or script it but you guys should definitely uh maybe show True. show an insight there that would be like inside the <laughs> article, but maybe scary is is, like, hector yeah. you, is, is hector you
0: is hector usually in the media box or in the press box like wearing his footy mcfootfoot like outfit <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Hector. I don't think he listens he to this. My, he, he lives mind. in my
2: nightmares in that outfit. Actually. Dude, in really and Lendon and Donovan's nightmares. Of my mind. I just turn a corner in like a hallway. I'm, I'm at some job in my dream. You know, Shout for, out to Hector know, Trujillo, by the way. The San Diego Chicken Incorporated. And then I turn the corner and then there's uh, Hector there in the footy machine face. <laughs> and it's
0: uh, I love you, Hector, but gosh, love you're guy, scary, don't. bro. You're scary.
2: That's uh, <laughs> terrifying.
1: On that note, yeah, I mean, thank you again for your time, Jesse, and uh, I'm super, I love what you guys have done through the the challenges through 2020, and I can't wait for what's to come in 2021. So uh, again, thank you for your time uh, on behalf of us. Um, We look forward to working with you more
0: going forward. Yeah, man. Thank you, guys. Uh, I'm not, I'm just, that was was perfect. Thank you, Steve. Dude, you don't even need me anymore, man. All right, let's do this. For Mr. Drew Stack, for Mr. Steve Brokoff, and for Mr. Jesse Beltram. And I'm Jerry Jimenez. Thank you for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Bye. Bye.